Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, a four-day week was recently trialled by a number of Irish companies, all of whom reported positive results. But if such an idea became a national reality, it's worth remembering that not too long ago, historically speaking, uh, that we got the five-day week. Graham Finley is here to run us through the history of that. Afternoon, Graham. Afternoon. Is it Henry Ford who invented it? He was one of the first people to give his workers a, a five-day week, and he didn't do it out of the kindness of his heart, right? You know, but he was, you know, he wasn't particularly pro-worker, but he was a very smart man, mm. and uh, and so he he gave his workers a five-day week because he thought they'd be more productive. And he was right. And so as we saw with the four-day week, which was trialed, it led to much greater productivity um, for, for less time. Um, it, it involved less energy, less energy costs in both the four-day week and Ford's five-day week. Mm. And he wanted them to spend money, maybe on cars, yes. right? <laughs> and, and so, you know, it was a win-win situation from his point of view. Uh, and that's really been the sort of dynamic which has been going on. The first, I mean, it's incredibly recently we got the five-day week written into sort of regulations. The first union to get it in the United States uh, was in 1929. And then even though Herbert Hoover recommended a five-day week uh, and few hours generally during the Depression to employers trying to get, you know, just because to spread the work around a little bit at a time of massive unemployment. Um, it took FDR with a much more interventionist uh, view of the economy to actually put it into regulations. Uh, now, but if we, but I suppose it's not that surprising if you think about it, the weekend's relatively recent because probably the working week is relatively recent. Would that not just date from the Industrial Revolution? Before that, we we're all, you know, milking our. Two it's, cows. it's been a longish sort of process. I mean, so uh, we have the seven-day week, thanks to to ancient Babylon or the Me- ancient Mesopotamia, which is based on on the astrological objects they could see in the sky, which were conveniently seven. Uh, and then the Jews took that up because they were enslaved in in Babylon at the time. At the time, and the Greeks picked it up as well, and that eventually spread across the world, surprisingly. But you know, so there was all in both. Christian, uh, eventually, uh, and Greek and Jewish traditions, there was the idea of a one day of rest. And, and mm. for, the, for the Jews, it's the Sabbath, which is in the Old Testament. And the uh, for the for Christians, and often we think it's the Sabbath, but it is, in fact, the day, uh, you know, Jesus rises from the dead. And that's what you're commemorating on the Lord's day. But, you know, for a lot of Christian history, um, it was the, the peasants who were doing all the work. Um, took a lot of holy days, right? Like one holy day a week wasn't enough for them. And so they've been alleged to have up to 80 holy days, saints days per year. Um, now, medievalists challenged this sort of rather nostalgic look at the Middle Ages. They, you know, they weren't drunk every 80 days out of the year, you know, celebrating some obscure saints, some saints day. But, but they did have more festivals than that. But the idea that in a regular week, you'd have more than one day off. Um, took a long time to sort of arrive. Um, and that day was really supposed to be for religious contemplation and worship mm. and, and so forth. Because in the Middle Ages and throughout basically the Industrial Revolution, the powers that be, especially the employers, really wanted their workers to be quite religious. Um, yes. They wanted them so they wouldn't rise up and, and kill them and take their stuff uh, for fear of hellfire or because they wanted them to have sort of good habits on the on the one day they had not to work and uh, and and not show up completely hungover on on the Monday, <laughs> right? Uh, so so they were really keen on on allowing the Lord's Day, but the workers had other ideas. And as artisans in the nineteenth century, 
um, you know, had a certain skilled labor, had a certain ability to influence these things, they would try and get all of their work done for a sort of Saturday evening so they could get rip-roaring drunk on Saturday night. Um, and, um, and they would keep the Sabbath or to keep the Lord's Day. But often they, they weren't quite ready to return to work um, by Monday. Mm. Uh, and so they declared it Saint Monday as a sort of practically a parody <laughs> of, of the holy days of, of, the, of the Middle Ages, which, you know, might have lingered in the folk memory. And they, you know, because they had the skills to kind of make this work, um, they were able to set up this tradition of Saint Monday and, and really hold on to it, in, you know, for quite a long time. Meanwhile, and this spread into the factories where, you know, you know, as artisanal work converted into factory work, mm. um, it spread into the factories. And so, for again, for concerns about productivity and also to keep, keep people, you know, sober enough to do work, uh, there was a convergence on Saturday. The idea that they might end work early on Saturday and early closing was seen as a really good opportunity for workers to to you know get off early so maybe they'd be in slightly better condition on the monday and and both the anti you know sort of drinking of the temperance groups and the employers sort of thought well this would be a really good occasion for you know them to develop good hobbies like going to garden or like have bible camp and stuff like that yeah. and, and the earliest <laughs> sort of weekend and and play football uh, and and so and the earliest sort of holiday weekends, you know, because you could take the train down to the seaside mm. in in England in the nineteenth century almost as quickly and possibly quicker than you can now if you know the state of British trains. You know they, you know they started encouraging this because it was often very caught up with either Bible study or sort of health giving trips to the seaside mm. and and not just going to the pub and drinking. And they also put football sit matches on, on Saturdays, Saturday afternoons, which I believe ah, they still are. They're quite popular, yeah. apparently. Um, yes. So that because workers like to go to those as well. Ah, right. Okay. So that and that was in return for coming to work on Monday and get right. rid of Saint Monday. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's interesting that and so Sunday it was officially the first day of the week, but we all think of Monday as the first day of the week, and indeed, even in the international standards. Monday is conceived as the first day of the week. But Sunday, you know, he is risen. So Sunday was officially the first day of the week. Okay. Um, so, you know, so, yeah. yeah. So when, but, but at the same time, we're, we're at a point now you're, you're describing where people are getting off work early on Saturday. There was still an element of having to go into work on Saturday. What finally got rid of that bit? Again, it was um, Henry Ford was one of the earliest people. It was employers um, and, again, the experience of, of the Great Depression and women entering the workforce, which led to sort of the general piecemeal adoption through unions contesting these things of of the five day week um and then the idea that this these this time this this work could be spread around more efficiently um without any loss of productivity any either increase in productivity but i think it took a complete reorientation of people's attitudes towards the state's relationship to work for FDR to codify a 48-hour maximum work week into into law, but also the idea of the five-day week as something which w- was normal. And if you were working over that, you'd be paid um, extra, right? Mm. The idea that you would get time and a half for overtime or for working on a Saturday. And, and we still have that. I really urge people to go to the absolutely marvelous, and I have to say this about everything, the Citizens Information website. Mm. It's one of my favorite websites and has the long list of the quite extensive and particular entitlements people here have, both under Irish legislation and the European Union Working Time Directive, uh, to certain highly regulated length of the week, like not more than 48 hours on average throughout the year, even including overtime, right? 
And if so, if you're one of those people who's like, wait a minute, I work more than 48 hours a week, um, including overtime, you've basically consented to that. Right. Um, so these laws, which were won by unions and were put in place by politicians and legislators. Right. Um, are, you know, are a real achievement. And if you're working more than that, if you're one of these professionals who works like 60 hours a week in, in a, a company which you now wish you'd unionized some time ago, <laughs> right? I'm not naming any names, you know, um, actually, there's a few I could name, <laughs> you know, you're, you are officially consenting to that. And you're not actually allowed to be pressured to consent to not being governed by all this working time legislation. Right. And so, so all that stuff, uh, as you were saying, that was under FDR in the US, on this side of the Atlantic, when did that become legalized in the uh, UK and in Ireland? Again, right? towards the middle of the 20th century. And, and you know, Crikey. the effective legislation here is, um, and including like extra pay on Sunday, that's all in there, you know, um, that's, that's it, like currently is being governed by EU directives, which are not almost by definition that old. Right. So who knows? Yeah, uh, uh, this could be. Of course, today's Wednesday. We tell you yeah. work Wednesdays, and even think, if it's a four day. Exactly. Week. And I, well, that's the thing. I think with these thirty two hours, so you get paid for for forty hours, but you work thirty two hours a week. So the idea is you work a five four day week, but you get a five days pay. Currently, I think we're going to see regulations brought into place. If this continues to work for people, we're going to see the regulations tighten up so that so that people have a greater sense of an entitlement to this. But probably. For quite a long while, if it really does catch on, it'll be like the five-day week. People will be getting it because it works for everybody, and mm. then only later will 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 it be enshrined in law. That means we'll be drunk for three nights of the week, Graham. Happy uh, thanks a million <laughs> as ever, Graham Finley. There, Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at two p.m. on News Talk.